1: Hey, it's Doug, catching up with author, pastor, and friend, Max Lucado, talking about his latest book, Unshakable Hope, Building Our Lives on the Promises of God. Well, Max, it uh, begs the first question for me, how many promises are there from God in the Bible? The title, Unshakable Hope, Building Our Lives on the Promises of God. So for me, that begs the question, so how many promises are there?
2: There are over 7,000 promises in the Bible that's a lot isn't it yeah <laughs> that ought to get us through you know just just a quantity of promises i think should speak to to the power that promises carry and to the importance that god places on promises it's it's almost like he stitched the scriptures together uh with promises and so it makes, only makes sense, doesn't it, that we would get, our, get acquainted with these promises and learn to begin building our lives upon them.
1: It's such a powerful word, hope, and then you put unshakable with that. Uh, talk about the intentionality of even that title, because I've got something already from just unshakable hope.
2: You know, and, and that's what we need. I believe we live in a day in which despair is knocking on everybody's door. Despair over the future. Despair over what the doctor says. Despair over what's in our bank account. It's not that we're just discouraged, but but despair. I believe that because I read statistics like the one that says that the suicide rate has increased uh, 24% since 1999. Uh, that That's epidemic proportions. And that's a very complex issue, I understand. I don't want to oversimplify that whole discussion. But at at somewhere in the cause of that uh that statistic is an absence of hope. Uh people who are just saying, I can't face another day. And so I, I think Providing a, a solution to help people find hope, and to find a hope that's not just a, based on you know what you can uh, find at the bank or park in a garage, but but a hope that's unshakable. You know, when God makes a promise, He keeps it. It is absolutely impossible. The Bible says it's impossible for God to lie. Well, that's what we need. We need we need a source of truth that that is utterly dependable, and that's what we find in the character of God.
1: Well, Max, in the book you uh, mentioned that you have a wish for your tombstone. Could you share a little bit about that?
2: The book is all about building our lives on the promises of God, and and one of the promises of God is that uh, we'll all be raised in the twinkling of an eye. The Scripture says we'll be transformed. Uh, I do believe that, and 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 it's important to believe that. And and so the reason I included the tombstone story in the chapter is. Is because that particular chapter is talking about the promise of personal bodily resurrection uh, to to all of us and to all Christians. I've had a conversation with a, a cemetery director. I asked him, "Is there any way to put a, a a recorded message in a tombstone so that when people come to visit me, they can they can hear the message?" And well, you won't believe this, but it is possible. Uh, I didn't know you could. He found a company in California that makes tombstones, and you can record a message and and uh, fix that uh, tombstone with an apparatus so that people push a button and they hear the message. And I want my message to be something like, "Hello, this is Max. Thanks for coming by, but I'm I'm not here anymore. Uh, I've finally gone to heaven, and I hope you will be coming too." See, that's a promise. You know, it's a promise from God. And right now, I would imagine some people are listening to our conversation, and and they're dealing with health issues. And it's just all they can do to face another day with chronic pain or with bad news, or it seems like all their energy goes to treating a particular disease, and they're just tired of it. Well, that person needs to stand on the promise of God, like the one Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would not have told you, and I'm going there to prepare a place for you, and I will come and take you to be with me where I am. So rather than give in to the anxiety or the or the discouragement that comes, with dealing with these diminishing bodies. Let's stand on the promises of God that someday he'll resurrect these bodies into a new and living hope.
1: Max, you write, uh, God resists the proud because the proud resist God. Can you flesh that out a little bit for us?
2: Well, not all of God's promises, uh, you know, are intended to uh, make us happy. Some of them are intended to remind us uh, of, of the fact of life it 's a principle it 's a truth in scripture that God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble that 's a promise found in the book of First Peter. God resists the proud because the proud really resist God they just they just turn away from God. The proud heart is too hard to kneel before God, it causes the neck to stiffen and won 't bow before God, and so the promise is that God gives grace to the humble. So would you like to receive more grace in your life? Would you like to have, have the presence of God's goodness touch parts of your life that you've never known before? Then humble yourself before God. That is to say, believe that He is who He says He is. And trust in Him. Trust in Him. Quit trying to do it on your own. Don't, don't take pride in what you've accomplished. But trust in Him, and He'll give you what you need at the right time in the right way.
1: I came across the 10 uh, day devotional that's up for uh, you version and uh, got into the first day. And of course, you're already killing me with the first story there. Y- you talk about um, doing some filming out at the Alamo. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: some some years ago we did a special uh, sermon series for the church and we decided we would do some filming around town to introduce each sermon and so we took a film crew to the Alamo I live in San Antonio and we set up uh, the film crew and I sat on the park bench right right there and they had the film crew around me probably had two or three cameras had a sound man uh it, it looked very very important in fact a crowd began to gather of, of vi- people who were there to visit the Alamo and I can remember looking up at, at one lady who was just staring at me. On the, she was on the other side of the cameras. And I could tell she was very curious, like, who is this guy? And finally, in between takes, she shouted out over the cameras, hey, are you somebody important? <laughs> you know, that's a question we all ask. You know, am I, am I important? Do I matter? Do I have significance? I think one of the first promises of the Bible that we can look at is the promise where God says, let us make mankind in our own image. So we are already validated because we are made in the image of God. Every person you and I see today, we ought to think that thought. Well, that person is made in the image of God. The person who brings me a cup of coffee at the restaurant is made in the image of God. The person who um, cut me off in traffic, well, They're not a good driver, but they're still made in the image of God. You know, it'll change your mindset. It'll change your outlook toward every person, whether they be uh, a president or an immigrant. It will change your mindset toward every person if you'll just back away and say, okay, that person is made in the image of God, and they deserve to be treated with uh, dignity and respect.
1: Mm, Love that. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't realize this, but uh, the, the Barna survey talking about most Christians not believing in Satan? I mean, how did that How did that happen, and why surprising,
2: is... surprising, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, apparently most Christians uh, do not believe in a literal devil. Uh, they may believe in the pervasion of an evil force or mindset or self-centeredness, but the idea of a, a literal fallen angel... Well, it's fallen off the radar of of most most Christians, and I think that must please the devil because if we don't take him seriously, then he is freed up to do the work that he wants to do. Uh, the Bible not only says there is a devil, but the Bible teaches us that the days of the devil are numbered the great promise in in, in Romans sixteen uh reminds us that the days of the devil are numbered, that God has him on a short leash. And the devil knows this. He knows this. And so he's out to wreak as much havoc as he can. He cannot take our salvation. He really cannot. Salvation is in the purview of God. But he can take our satisfaction. He he can take our peace. He can take our sleep. He can take our our relationships. Be aware of the devil. I think Scripture urges us, be aware of the devil, but focus on God. And we battle the devil with spiritual weapons of of worship and prayer and Scripture. Those are the three spiritual weapons, worship and prayer and Scripture. And so take up those weapons and uh, be aware that there is a devil, and he seeks to do you harm. He seeks to destroy the church. When when Jesus made the promise about the church, he said, uh, I will build my church, and the powers of hell will not overcome it. So there are powers of hell that are seeking to destroy the church. We see that every day when we see churches struggle and leaders in churches struggle. But we can be sure that the devil's days are numbered and that it's just a matter of time until he'll be cast away. And I think heaven will be heaven because the devil won't be there.
1: A lot of times when we have a chance to connect, uh, I'm always interested in the encouragement when we go through the next tragedy, uh, whether that be the big headlines or the small headlines in people's life. So um, the, the role of sorrow in the life of a believer. So many people that I talk to that uh, are, are not people of faith will always say, how can God allow this stuff to happen? And the, Can you expound on that?
2: Yeah, and, and, and Scripture... It better deal with our sorrow, right, because we have so much of it. We have loved ones who die. We have bad things that happen. The promise of, of God through Scripture is really, I think, my favorite promise. If I, have, if I was really pressed, uh, the one that I turn to so much in my own heart and I share with others is in the book of Psalm, chapter 30, and verse 5. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. Weeping comes. It, it came to Jesus Christ. He wept. It comes to every person and every follower of Christ and every person who who doesn't follow Christ. But the promise of God is that joy comes. It may not come as quickly as we want, even in the fashion that we want. But if I can just believe that, yes, this is a tough time, but it's not going to last forever. I don't know when it's going to end, but I do know that it's not going to last forever. Sometimes that's all we have, and sometimes that's all we need to get us through a difficult time
1: you talk in the book about uh, promises like prescriptions. So uh, maybe share a little bit about how you might see people um, using this book.
2: Uh, in the book, I talk about how promises are, are, a, are a bit like an apothecary shelf for the for the challenges that we face, because for every problem in life, there's a promise from God to help us face it. Uh, when we feel all alone, we can stand on the promise of Jesus that I am with you always to the end of the age. When we can't make sense out of life, we can stand on the promise that says, all things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. None of us can, well, most of us cannot learn all 7,000 promises. There's probably somebody who does, but all of us can learn a handful. We can create our own menu of go-to promises, and rather than give in to the problem, we can treat these promises like they sit up on our shelf, like a, 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 like a prescription bottle, reach up and, and, and take one of them, and be reminded of, of how God helps us face our problems.
1: I understand there's other um, things that are available in terms of a video series and other books in the notes, so I see that there's a title, Praying the Promises, that you got to write with your daughter. What was that like? Yeah,
2: you know, I've I've been so blessed to have great kids, and one of my daughters, Andrea, is a terrific writer, and uh, and so we asked her to write a, a book that, that helps people think about a promise and use it in a prayer. Uh, praying the promises, and so we we're very, very grateful for that. And and uh, she did a super job. And you're right. There's a a whole list of different products, uh, everything from from children's books to video curriculum, uh, all all available under this same canopy of unshakable hope.
1: You sort of uh, answered it already in terms of a favorite promise, but is there um, another uh, uh, takeaway, if you will, or or, or an, another nugget of one of the promises to share?
2: Well, one of the promises that's seldom discussed, but I talk about it quite a bit in the book, is the promise that Jesus is praying for us. Uh, There's a passage in the book of Hebrews that says that he always lives to make intercession for his children. I find that to be such a a great thought, to think that Jesus is speaking up for me right now. You know, all of us, we love it when somebody who has clout uh, goes to bat on our behalf well, you do have that person. You have Jesus Christ right now sticking up for you. You may forget to pray, but he'll never forget to pray. You may feel like your prayers have no power, but the prayers of Christ always do have power. And so trust right now that Christ is praying for you. Isn't that a great thought? He's maybe sending out some angels to protect you and, and stirring the Holy Spirit within you. He's reminding you of the grace that, that sustains you. He's right now serving like a big brother should serve to protect you.
1: Mm. Max, love that. Awesome. Thank you. Always enjoy our time together. The latest book, Unshakable Hope, Building Our Lives on the Promises of God. Find out more at maxlucato.com.
2: Well, I hope to see you again in person soon.
1: Awesome. Ditto, Max. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.